0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fly the Coop. I am your host, Carrie Ann Carter. After 22 years in the real estate business, I've seen my fair share of people, stories, and experiences fly the coop in one way or another. This podcast is all about telling those stories. Let's jump into the coop. Welcome back, everybody, to Fly the Coop. We're so glad to have you back today. And we are here with Vanessa Abb, a friend and past client of mine that I've worked with for five years now. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi there. So glad to have you on the show today. Vanessa, you've got a fascinating story. So I just want to dig right in because it's a perfect compilation of stories that really represents what Fly the Coop is really about. So let's get to it. Introduce yourself to everybody.
1: All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Vanessa Abbey, as Carrie Ann said, and we've known each other for five years. Um, From a career standpoint, I spent 17 years in consulting at Ernst & Young, and then I did about a year and a quarter-ish at Optum Care as a vice president in their Optum care transformation office. Impressive. And then, yeah, well, <laughs> it is what it is. But, and then <laughs> I decided um, this past July to take a sabbatical. So I have not been working for seven months now. Wow.
0: And, um, How is that? And- How does that feel after all of these years, you know, going through school and entering the workforce and having some pretty dynamic, um, roles, right. And traveling, you were traveling a lot when I first met you up until COVID.
1: Um, yeah. So travel is pretty important. And, uh, I think this past just in my sabbatical, I've been to France twice. I made a trip to, um, Vietnam, Bhutan, Thailand.
0: Wow. Um, How fun for you trips in the
1: U S yeah, so it's never it's never dull in my life. <laughs> so when you
0: were doing that traveling with the work that you were doing, what was involved with that? Like, was it a mix of travel for work and and yeah. personal, or was it? How did that all play out? Yep. Like the why behind it?
1: Yeah. So when I started my heavy travel um, at Ernst and Young started when I took a role to support a project in Brazil. Wow. And so when I first started traveling. My first stint was three months in Brazil, month and a half. Okay. And then after, after that, my travel became dictated on what my visa allowed me to do. Oh, wow. So um, that was always interesting to try and manage. Have you gone over your, I don't know, I think it was 180 days in a rolling calendar year. So you always had to uh, like track it on that rolling basis, which okay. was crazy. yeah. But what I did do because I was just so excited to be traveling and being in Brazil and working internationally, I really tried to take advantage and travel on the weekends from a personal perspective. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that meant exploring Rio de Janeiro by myself and learning Portuguese. So you could make life a little bit easier. And as I built more relationships with people, then I started to travel with you know, Brazilian friends that live there that introduced me to a lot of places that, you know, I probably wouldn't have gone on my own. Amazing. And then eventually I started working in Chile and Colombia and kind of did the same thing. And so oh I had gosh. a lot of different experiences across South America. And,
0: you're um, so, that you know, there's so many, you're, you're a young, you're a young person and you represent a huge demographic in our city. Vanessa, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you, because when we first met, purchasing a home was a really big deal. Flying the coop, out of what was comfortable and the whole rental scene and you were traveling a lot and the conveniences Mm -hmm. of it. It was a major undertaking. I I got to know your parents really well. We looked (laughs) at a lot of inventory. What would you say to people who are a lot, I'd say 50% of our city, very well-traveled, experience is very much a priority. So experiential life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The conveniences of renting versus owning, what's your experience now that you've been in your home for five years and still having a dynamic life in terms of experiential, right? You've always been about the experiential yeah. Um, and how you balance that out and what it meant to you to have a home versus being in a rental. Yeah. Share that with everybody.
1: It's a good, it's a good question, Carrie Ann, because when I think back to that journey, when I first started, the idea was to find, you know, a true house, mm-hmm. right? And I looked at a lot of houses. I Mm -hmm. got a lot of feedback from my parents. And I ultimately ended up in a townhome, which is still a home. Mm -hmm. But I think what has worked out really well for me is one, I have a home base to come back to that's mine. And for me as a person, I thrive in beautiful spaces. So it's been really... Um, nice to be able to decorate how I like and mm-hmm. not get in trouble for paint or holes in the wall or whatever. That's
0: a valid point, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it makes like that just makes my day that much better. And then, um, you know, as someone who is traveling a lot, I it turned out the townhome was probably the exact right thing for me because yeah. I have someone here that does snow removal, takes care of the grass, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And when I first moved in, I literally slept in my house for three nights and then I had an urgent emergency trip to Brazil. So I hadn't even moved out of my apartment, but that allowed me the flexibility to do all the stuff I had to, to do when I was moving.
0: You are, you have a beautiful aesthetic and you have done a beautiful job with your space. I think if anything creating that little piece of, I always call it the jewel, creating this little piece of jewelry Mm -hmm. and not a giant of a space, but it's yours. And there's an equity opportunity there. Absolutely. And you're not throwing your money down the toilet, you know, you're not just throwing rent out the door and your investment, your mortgage goes to paying off this asset And I think that's an incredible thing. So in the five years you've been there and we won't get into the details of it, but you've absolutely uh, made money on your space since you've purchased it. Absolutely. And that will continue to be the case for Uh, you for as long as you're there. Um, So tell me about the sabbatical a little bit. How does that play out with how things are going for you now and where you're going when you share it with somebody in your age group, like having that control, right? And having those opportunities, what an awesome opportunity. It's another fly the coop storytelling that it's, it's a risk, like it's a, an adventure for you and to be able to have an opportunity like that. How cool for you.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a risk there. You know, I had thought about it probably for five years of doing it. And I, I never pulled the trigger because, you know, I was in the partner process. I was vice, whatever. Right. Mm Right. And then there just came a point where I decided that I just needed to listen to what my body was telling me. And it just said, you know what, now is the time. Mm-hmm. And I had I had saved all those years. So I knew I had enough money to be okay. Mm-hmm. I think some things that I've observed in my time so far, it's always interesting to tell someone that you're not working as a 40-year-old, yeah. especially someone who was really busy. And I think I've just learned to position it more that, you know, I've chosen to take a break and I really don't, I don't care what other people's reactions are anymore. Mm-hmm. And this time has allowed me to really tune into what's important to me and really think through like, as I choose what's next, mm-hmm. doing it in a way that's very thoughtful, very mindful, very aligned with what I want to do next. And Right. And I'll be very honest and transparent. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. Yeah. But I've been going through, you know, I've worked a lot with my coach as well, but I've been really thinking through it in the way of how do I want to feel? And what's the experience that I want for myself Mm -hmm. versus maybe what a Western society would define as Mm -hmm. success. Yeah, And I think as I've been doing that, I, as a person, I feel more alive. I feel more grounded. I'm centered. I'm happy. I don't have the, I have stress of course, but it's not in the same way that I had before. And so I just, I feel confident about it. I also recognize we're going into a recession. Right. And so it's like, I I really believe the universe will deliver what I need it to deliver when it's the right time. And Mm -hmm. so I I try to remember that when I'm freaking out about, oh my gosh, I'm not working or, you know, whatever the freak out of the day is.
0: Well, that is one of the reasons I wanted to, because you and I, it's so busy and you and I text on occasion and check in with one another, but we really Mm -hmm. haven't had a conversation about this yet. And Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I put you on the program today because it's such a um, important time Uh, coming into a new year. It's January it's a time mm-hmm. where people spend a little bit more time self-reflecting. It's a time where people are kind of jump starting their year. In many cases people are really afraid of what that looks like and I think it's such a cool um example and such a you know inspiring example of you know what I think life is really all about and you know life is short. I I always say on every program yeah. you have these opportunities presented to you and when I decided to um, build out this podcast, uh, people say, "Well, what are you really talking about?" Because I've I've been a real estate agent for twenty three years, right? Um, and obviously, fly the coop is so much about that part of life, flying the coop from one transition period of life to the next. This is just as relevant yeah. when you're talking about careers or self reflecting on what it is you want personally in your uh, in your life making a decision to buy a home for you was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And I would say for half of our state population, it, we have a really interesting dynamic in our state right now. It's very split of young and baby boomers. And sure. A lot of people don't know that. And 50% of our city right now is renting and they're maturing, right? They're entering their first time ownership between the ages of 28 and 35. You were 35 when you purchased your first yep. home. Yep. Um, So I think that sharing your story about the success around that and the um, understanding that, yeah, it was a really big deal. And you put a little team around you to make it comfortable for you, like that support system and the success around doing that and having a nest. Yeah. That little nest is super cool. That's a good story to share. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) So uh, then now what, like, what's the next step? Cause you're over, you know, right in the middle of the city, actually great location. Um, you're taking this time right now. What do you think is in your future? If you were to guess, I know you
1: put well, you on the spot. I have a <laughs> plan right now. So, so, um, now that I'm back from traveling in France, I, I'm working on updating the resume and I'm going to take the next six weeks to give myself space Mm -hmm. and explore. So one thing for me right now is I really like freedom. And so I'm going to start to dabble and look into different um, types of freelance work and just try it out and see how does it feel? Do I like it? Is it making me the type of money that I want to make right now? And then the second thing that I'm doing in parallel, which uh, is a bit of an adventure for me, but I... I, I guess it would be three years ago. I got my yoga teacher certification Cool. and I have not done anything with it. The reason I did it was when I was working in South America all the time, I was missing my yoga classes. And frankly, there's a point where you're saturated with Portuguese and Spanish and you just want to do it yourself. And so I decided to take the class. And, um, so I'm, I'm going to, Pilot with a couple of friends, an intro to yoga class, and if it goes well, then I will start to teach a yoga class probably once a week. That's so,
0: awesome. You know, Steph Spading on my team. Um, she you should visit with her. She teaches yoga. She loves it. It's yeah. like her respite time. Her um.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely my grounding time, and when I don't get to do it, I I I feel more chaotic and more not as grounded. So. Yeah. This is a way to make sure it's getting done.
0: So I want to jump back for a minute because mm-hmm. I did see you during um, COVID. Shannon, uh, you and I with- got together and I'm curious, mm-hmm. how how did that go for you? Because there's a lot of people like you that ended up working strictly from home um, during that window. And it definitely affected their path, if you will, on and their trajectory, mm-hmm. if you will, on how things unfolded during COVID and post COVID. So how did that impact where you're at now going yeah. through that time? Cause you were going full throttle traveling and then it got shut down like a light switch.
1: Yeah. I mm. literally had the second to last Delta flight back from Chile. And then it was like, wow. I, I kind of self quarantined cause I was freaking out a little bit, but yeah. then it was no travel. And I kind of went through that period. It was like a morning period because mm-hmm. I was used to being gone all the time I hadn't been in my house for more than two weeks at a time and then all of a sudden it was like a year and a half which Mm was that was kind of like whoa this is a little much um but from a career standpoint COVID didn't really affect my trajectory I definitely had to pivot a bit in how you continued that trajectory because you know I was a senior manager at EY. My job was to sell projects to mm-hmm. clients, and when you don't see your clients in person, it's really it's hard. Tough. Right? Mm-hmm. It's really hard. So I found different ways to do that, and got creative with my teams internationally, and you know, stood them up probably more than I would have if I were there in person. Mm-hmm. And then you know, during COVID is when I decided to leave EY, and I took a vice president role. So you know that. I was, my career wasn't hampered in any way. Right.
0: So I've talked to a lot of team leads in the country that have done relocation. And a lot of the relocation coming into Minnesota is really family driven, right? Oh, sure. Because we're a cold climate. So that's just the reality. The commitment to this uh, state is very rooted in the generational component, in the Mm -hmm. family component. Um, And in that, uh, those conversations that I've had converting um, to such a zoom online um, environment as a team lead, as a managerial role, as a, you know, higher up, if you will, has been really interesting for people because it changes the layer of communication and how people interact with each other. I, I am personally a big proponent to one-on-one, right? Like, I'm sure you feel the same way how do you feel it's affected decision-making, A, uh, for people in terms of what they're doing and the operation of an organization, B, because they're not in front of each other like they used to be? How do you? How does that feel for you in terms of your decisions and what you're doing and why you made the decisions you've made?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of dynamics to that. And maybe before I answer that, one thing I would just kind of comment on from my point of view is I did a ton of work online before COVID because I was working internationally. So that right. wasn't really another option. Yeah. So I probably had a leg up in that sense of used to making decisions without being with my team in a mm-hmm.
0: physical room. Yep.
1: And so like you said, I'm a, I think the way that for me, I would make decisions, in the business context was of course I had one-on-ones with every single one of my team members from junior people to senior people. Really
0: important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because that's where you really get the, the pouring of the soul, the mm-hmm. real nitty gritty that someone's not going to say in a group meeting. Right.
0: So it's and, so important. I agree.
1: Yeah. And The cultures that I was working with were Latin. So consensus and hierarchy are really important.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So a lot of times for me, it was like, you use the one-on-one to data gather. You use it also to plant seeds. But then in order to navigate with the group, you know, you bring everyone together at least once a week. So those big hairy topics you can kind of talk about, but have a solution and a path forward. Mm I think the most challenging thing was, you know, when you have a team, right, part of the team building is often that group dynamic and outings together and building those relationships. Right. That's where we had to get a little bit creative and use maybe some online tools to have a happy hour or games or whatever. Right. So I think there's different, there's different ways to do that. And I think you have to know your people and what makes them tick. Right. And you know, when you see a problem, don't let it manifest in bigger ways because you're not in person.
0: That's brilliant advice. I mean, that's the first time Gather, I've actually right? had somebody convey that the way you just did, Vanessa, because it is so, um, so accurate. And I think that as we're seeing uh, transitions happening, that are very much like the lifestyle fly the coop mode of figuring out where you're landing absolutely is in parallel with the work that you do and yeah. um communication on a high level has changed quite a bit i can see why you'll be successful as a consultant because that's valuable that's a valuable piece of you know intel for anybody yeah. who's running an organization small or large that And i think you just to cool. be
1: honest right mm-hmm. with your expectations like right. often as minnesotans we have a passive aggressive nature <laughs> most of us right and so like i worked in cultures where that just didn't work, right? And right. so, being really clear, especially when you're not in person, and having a way to check in is really important. Otherwise, again,
0: you might have some problems. Right. Very, very good advice. So, you uh, being now forty, five years into your first place um, sabbatical, what would you advise anybody that's in that mid-range place, thirty to forty years old, out there that's trying to navigate and make a decision? Um, And what they're doing next, because there's a lot of that going on out there right now. What is the best piece of advice you could give them based on what you've learned and where you're at right now?
1: Um, And you're meaning like in the decision, if you want to purchase
0: real estate or- And just making a decision, generally speaking on, you know, there's um, a lot of fear on really thinking outside the box, right? Sure. Um, Sure. Life decisions around career, because you're in a career mode at 30 to 40 deeply. Right. And then pairing it with housing because we can help people move anywhere. That's not a problem. Right. So I think people get stuck and don't make any decision because they're afraid and they think that they can't do that. Like they can't leave the border. They can't leave Minnesota. They can't leave the city. They just put a can't in their brain. When in fact you can do anything you want, maybe, um, you know, you want to travel internationally and try working in Europe for a couple years and sell everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay,
1: yeah, I I, I have um probably not the most succinct answer to that, but I'll maybe yeah offer some words of wisdom in parts, if yeah. you will. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome.
1: Um, as uh, like an introduction to that, I'm an adventurer at heart, but I'm also like very risk averse and in you know, at heart an introvert, mm-hmm. I don't know how to turn on the extrovertedness, but yeah. I think that um, what I've learned over time, first addressing the real estate maybe component is I, I was very methodical in thinking about it. And I'm a kind of person that I, I have to take time to really process it and mm-hmm. weigh the pros and cons. And I think if you take that action, you'll start to see where you really should Navigate at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. And I would say, do what's comfortable for you, right? right? You know, um, know what your boundaries are to help you make those decisions Mm -hmm. in the real estate component and find, like, as you mentioned, right? Your support team to help you navigate that journey, -hmm. journey, right? I had an awesome realtor. I had my family, my friends, people that had houses, people that didn't. So I Mm -hmm. could just, Learn from each one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in life, um, <laughs> a couple of things came to mind when you asked that question. One was, um, you know, I'm I'm a perfectionist at heart, and mm-hmm. I just remember one of my senior partners at one point in my career being like, um, Vanessa, sometimes just taking action is better than no action. Yeah,
0: I and know. So, I say that all the uh, time.
1: <laughs> it's true, right? I I've really tried to embrace that. I think the dynamic now that is being added to that, because you can take small steps, right? You right. take incremental little steps to get to the big thing.
0: Absolutely.
1: And now I think what, what I also have kind of incorporated is the notion of one, um, listening to my heart, listening to my gut more than I would have maybe in my twenties, in my early thirties, because yeah. you're, your body really tells you what you need and where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And secondarily, re- it's not that I didn't do this before, but I'm probably more focused on it. on reframing a bit that it's a journey. It's mm-hmm. iterative in some instances. Yeah. And even if things don't go the way you plan, there's things that come out, right? You could have had a great surprise that you couldn't have planned, right? Maybe you had a great, a surprise that wouldn't be categorized as great and try not to categorize, <laughs> but you learn from that, right? And mm-hmm. so what do you do with it and how do you react and pivot in a way that, you know, if you've got a place you're going, keep keep pushing, right? There's always going to be little instances where it doesn't
0: go the way you plan. Absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. So living in the city, because you're from here, what's your favorite thing? Let's talk about, let's just talk about the city for a minute, because that will speak to anybody who's thinking about moving here. What do you love best?
1: I have a lot of favorite things. about. I know you do. (laughs) And I travel a lot. So it's not that I haven't been to other big cities, but I think um, I love the arts culture here. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm very connected to the opera, the the Guthrie, those kinds of things like I think Minneapolis, I might have this wrong, but Minneapolis has the
0: largest theater per capita behind New York and L.A. They do. It's a true statement. Yeah, it's really um, impressive.
1: It's impressive. And I love the food scene. Mm, it's um, amazing.
0: I'm for anyone foodie. that hasn't
1: been here, right? Like there's lots of James Beard Award winners here. Like mm-hmm. it's not a shortage. And if you read, I can't remember if it's Condé Nast or Bon Appétit. Minneapolis was featured this year as one of a, a like a food city destination. Yeah, Isn't that amazing? It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And my third thing, which probably I should have maybe started with, but one of the things I love about the Twin Cities is the green space I know and the Me lakes too. in the city. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go to some other big cities, it's it's not the same. And that's one of the things that I love and the abundance of walking
0: and running and and water, so, water and yeah. green space, specifically in the middle of the city. A lot of people don't know the St. Louis park is a community right next to a dinah and every single home in St. Louis park is within three blocks of a park. Every single house. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Phenomenal. And a lot so, of people don't know there's a green belt that runs straight through the city. All the way through, so you can jump on and you never have to get off or deal with the highways. Once you're on it, you're on it, and it goes straight out mm-hmm. to Minnetonka. It's super and cool. And from a
1: traveler perspective, right, mm-hmm. Minneapolis is a Delta hub. So, yeah. <laughs> as someone who loves to travel, I can most places I can go nonstop. Right, yep. I don't have to make multiple stops on my journey. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, what I love about you, Vanessa, is uh, of I and I've met and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. Your um, at your young age, your travel experience is so, so cool. And how inspiring for people, you know, you settle, you get committed to a space, you engage fully in the things that you love, whether it be personal, you know, physical, experiential, and career. You're a perfect yeah. example of that. You're articulate and lovely. And it's just such a cool story. So I'm so glad you were able to spend a little bit of time with me today so I could share with everybody, Vanessa Abb. Is there anything else you <laughs> want to share before we? No, get done? but
1: thank you for having me. And this was delightful. And, you know, always here to support and help others. So yeah, door
0: is always open. We'll have to include your um, interest in doing some of the contracting work that you may be um, looking at doing so people know what your talent pool really is. That'd be kind of cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can send that to you. That's the takeaway for sure. All right. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for being with us today. We will see you next week on Fly the Coop. That
1: sounds great. Thanks for having me, Carrie Ann.
0: You're so welcome, honey. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fly the Coop. Be sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I sure would appreciate it. We'll see you next time in the coop.